Coming up on this episode, there is a new member of the Linux for Everyone family. I'm going to tell you all about I Make Foss, plus a discovery of the week that will make your terminal beautiful. Plus, I'm going to start checking out a new Arch-based distribution called Salient OS, and this is designed explicitly for multimedia enthusiasts and gamers. Then we're going to wrap up the episode with uh, a bit of a rant. Linux for Everyone starts right now. Hola, es Orlando Musico Geek. Y estamos escuchando a Linux for Everyone en Caracas, Venezuela. Bienvenido a casa. Greetings, everyone, and welcome home to the show about desktop Linux, open source software, and the people creating and enjoying it. My name is Jason Evangelo, and I would like to thank you for checking out the show, whether that is on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Library or Overcast or TuneIn or any number of other places that you might be listening or kind of watching. I appreciate it. That's right. I have expanded Linux for Everyone to uh, to have some proper video content as well on Library and on YouTube. I have been really kicking the tires on the video content lately, and there's a lot coming. There's a lot already there, and I'd love to have you guys check it out. Links, of course, to both of those places will be in the show notes at Linux, the number four, everyone.com. And now, let's do some Discovery of the Week action. Pywall, spelled P-Y-W-A-L, is such a nifty little utility. What it does is generates a color palette from the dominant colors in an image, any image that you choose, and then it applies those colors system-wide and on the fly in all of your favorite programs. I have been using it mainly for uh, terminal color palettes on elementary OS, but... There's very minimal configuration involved, and you can extend that to pretty much anything that's running on your system. There's no GUI for Pywall, but there is exceptional documentation on the GitHub site, and it'll work with XFCE, GNOME, Cinnamon, Mate, and I have confirmed that it works pretty well with Pantheon on elementary OS. And like I said, it is uh, very, very customizable And depending how far down this rabbit hole you want to go, you can do it. The documentation should give you a great jump start towards doing that. It's a pretty easy way to start ricing, and uh, I hope you find some value in it. So once again, it's called Pywall, P-Y-W-A-L, and you can find it by just searching GitHub Pywall. And I'll have a link directly to it uh, at the show notes as well. This episode of Linux for Everyone is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive AI, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and a lot more. 
You can get all of this plus access to their world-class customer support, which I have used, and I, I can definitely vouch for it. That's as low as $5 per month. DigitalOcean also has 2,000 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. I relied exclusively on that when I wanted to set up a droplet really quickly and get the uh, ghost blogging platform installed and up and running, and it was so easy. You can get started on DigitalOcean for two months free with a $100 credit by going to do.co slash dln. Again, you can get started with DigitalOcean with that $100 credit by going to do.co slash dln. And I'd like to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Linux for Everyone, as well as the entire Destination Linux Network family. And speaking of family, there is going to be a new addition to the Linux for Everyone family coming very, very soon. The idea was actually born by the community on GitHub when I had started that wiki for uh, for various ways to contribute to FOSS projects and to Linux distributions. And after some brainstorming, we came up with I Make FOSS. You can find it right now on Twitter at iMakeFoss, and you can also check out the website. There's nothing there yet, but there is a really cool logo at uh, iMakeFoss.org. The idea for this was heavily inspired by the Real Scientists Twitter account, and if you go to Real Scientists, there's about 84,000 followers there. And so the, the concept behind iMakeFoss is to give free and open-source software developers a direct line from Twitter to the community. So we want them to, of course, talk about their projects, but also to show their human side. Who are they as people outside of the FOSS world? And what challenges do they have? And what is it like developing software? Some of the, you know, just everything surrounding what they're doing. And uh, it's, it's also a way for interested users to ask them questions directly and maybe give them some feedback in one central place. So we're calling this a a curated Twitter account. It'll rotate weekly or bi-weekly with a brand new developer taking over the proverbial Twitter microphone and uh, having it all to themselves and engaging with their community. Right now, we are looking for the first handful of curators, of developers who are making some great software or who have already made it. So if you are one of those people or if you know any of those people, please have them reach out to me by popping an email over to info at imakefoss.org. That email again is info at imakefoss.org. In a perfect world, iMakeFoss will expand to a few different components outside of Twitter. We would like to invite developers to host a blog of their own on iMakeFoss.org, and I would also like to have them on the show or on the YouTube channel to talk about their projects. So fingers crossed, uh, this will take off, and not only can we get kind of an insider view into the, the development life but also bring more exposure to what these developers are doing for the FOSS world.
we haven't really done much in the way of distro challenges on Linux for Everyone, and I think it's time to change that. You know, sometimes our field of vision or our limited experience restricts us from seeing worthy alternatives, or at least alternatives that are worth giving a few minutes of our time to. That's especially true when it comes to desktop Linux. I mean, there's no shortage of quality Linux OSs to test out. So a few weeks ago, when I argued on YouTube that System76's Pop! OS is perfect for gamers, there were I was surprised to see that there were two very passionate camps in the comments section. One side, they voiced agreement, but the other side, and there were a lot of this other side, basically said, well, clearly you have not tried Salient OS. So I accepted the challenge, and I installed it a couple days ago, uh, did a quick little fun video initially just checking out the wallpapers that this distro has, because my God, they're gorgeous. They're, they're these kind of sci-fi fantasy-themed backgrounds that, um, you know, they, they definitely represent the person who has created this distro, I think. He goes by the name Silent Robot, and he made Salient OS for himself, the story goes that a lot of members of the community actually pressured him to release it because they loved all the bundled software and they just they loved his tweaks to uh, XFCE, for example. And speaking of software, you know whether whether it's going to be my daily driver or just a Linux OS that I'm experimenting with, I need a lot of staple software daily. Stuff like Discord, Telegram, Audacity, VirtualBox, Wine Staging, Lutris, uh, Steam, OBS Studio. It's it's also nice to have stuff like HTOP and Simple Screen Recorder installed. And, you know, why not Handbrake, too, for the occasional video encoding that, that I need to do when I'm doing YouTube and library stuff. So, <laughs> I was floored to see, I was thrilled to see that Salient OS has all of that software and more installed right out of the box. Now, this is an Arch-based distribution that Silent Robot describes as, as being kind of razor-focused at uh, multimedia enthusiasts, content creators, and gamers. And for the creative people here in the audience, Salient OS also includes um, Blender, Caden Live. Olive, YouTube-DL, Jack for audio, uh, Krita, Darktable, and Inkscape. So it is absolutely just jam-packed with great software. And yes, maybe that only saves you 30 minutes, an hour of your time, or you know, maybe some of us have like a custom bash script that we use to install our favorite software you know, right after that first boot. But I like having an easy button. What we will need to discover together is, is this abundance of bundled software all that really separates Salient OS from other Arch-based distributions like Manjaro or Endeavor? Is, is that all that kind of um, distinguishes it from a Pop! OS or a Linux Mint? In, in terms of my gaming argument, you know, software alone, it won't make or break an OS because it, it can all be added pretty painlessly, right? So I want to dig a little deeper with you guys. I want to do this together. If you feel like taking Salient OS for a test drive, whether that's in a virtual machine or installing it to the metal on, on maybe a spare partition or spare laptop or desktop PC that you have... 
do it. I'll have a link directly to both versions. There's a Plasma version as well as an XFCE version. And uh, you'll find that link in the show notes for this episode, episode 28. And also keep an eye on YouTube because I have a video that is out already by the time you hear this and another one or two coming. So I'd love to get you guys involved in the in the comments and the feedback. You know how to get in touch with me at this point. It is linuxforeveryone at pm.me. You can give me some text-based opinions, feedback, or you can record a, a voice message or, heck, record a video if you want to and send it over to me. And keep in mind that although this is a distribution that you know someone created kind of out of passion for themselves to use, we can use this as an opportunity to give them some really good feedback on the distro and perhaps improve it, perhaps you know smooth out some pain points or make suggestions to to maybe, you know, have it appealed to a larger audience. Anyway, check it out. It's Salient OS. You can find it at SourceForge. Links in the show notes for this episode. And let's move on. So I want to give you guys a quick update on the Lana Tries Linux saga. I asked you to vote on Twitter and Telegram about which Linux OS she should try next. And I put up three choices. Farron OS... Linux Mint, Cinnamon, and Zorin OS. 521 people voted, and the race was extremely close between Linux Mint and Zorin OS, but Linux Mint pulled ahead, taking 39% of the votes. Zorin OS claimed 37% of the votes, and Farron OS had a pretty respectable representation there with 24% of the votes. Interestingly, I also hosted this poll on our Telegram group, and everyone, all the distros came in at the same places. So Farron OS third, Zorin OS second, and Linux Mint barely claiming first place, just like it did on Twitter. So Lana's going to be doing everything this time around. She'll be downloading it, she'll be flashing it to a USB stick, and she'll be installing it. And this time around, I'm hoping to get her back on the mic for some shorter uh, kind of progress report check-ins to see how she's doing. So don't go anywhere. This should be fun. preface this last segment by talking a little bit about burnout. There was actually a quote in a recent episode of Star Trek Picard, which hit me like a ton of bricks, in which Picard says, I let the perfect become the enemy of the good. I have neglected projects that I've started. I have abandoned some things that I started with so much vigor and so much passion because I held myself to impossibly high standards that I I couldn't achieve. Last week, there was this, uh, I I don't know, a perfect storm of technical difficulties and hardware failures and um, and, and self-doubt and a lack of ideas that led to, as you may have noticed, 
no episode of Linux for Everyone. That, in turn, led to feelings of guilt and me beating myself up. All these thoughts were dancing through my head. You know, what what makes you think that you can have content on all these different platforms, on YouTube, on Forbes, a, a podcast, I Make Foss? What happens if you run out of ideas? What happens if you can't make them perfect? And you know what? Screw that. I decided I cannot let perfect be the enemy of good. Picard was obviously talking about his and Starfleet's abandonment in the Romulan rescue operation. You may have a different interpretation, but I think what that means to me is maybe everything won't be as polished. Maybe everything won't be that super high bar that I want to achieve, but it'll still be content, and I think that people will still enjoy it. Even if maybe it's a little rough around the edges, even if maybe it's a little shorter than usual, I guess this all goes back to, you know, not letting things like imposter syndrome get beneath our skin and not letting a good idea get out into the world because you're afraid that it won't be perfect, especially in this community who is so accepting and and loves the idea of taking something maybe raw and unrefined and making it better, you know, open source. Anyway, uh, long story short, I, I had to exercise some demons, so to speak, and I had to get a couple things off my chest. So I fired up the webcam and I shot a video and put it on YouTube. And this next segment is from the YouTube channel. Now, judging by the views, I don't think many of you have actually seen or heard this yet. So I wanted to include it as the last uh, segment on this episode, because honestly, I would like to see the message I'm trying to convey in this reach far and wide. The name of this podcast that I started last year, the name of this channel is Linux for Everyone, but it's not called Windows for No One. It's not called Mac OS for No One. And that's exactly what I want to talk about and, and what I want to start driving home in people's heads. Whether you are a, a Linux enthusiast who's been using it since the beginning, or whether you're just getting into it. Story time. Back in 2018, it was a few months after I made the switch to Linux. And before I started any kind of podcast about it, before I started writing full-time about Linux at Forbes... I was writing this book, and the name of the book was Linux for Everyone, How to Ditch Windows and Love Your PC Again. But you know what? I haven't finished that book. I I got about 12 chapters in, and I couldn't keep going in the direction I was going. And let me tell you why. Because I have not completely ditched Windows. I have not completely ditched Mac OS, and I am okay with that. If you listen to the podcast, on episode 27, I talked about how I, I had a little uh, weekend love affair with the Fantasy Star Online 2 beta on Xbox. Well, I got so hooked on that that I decided I wanted to start an account on the Japanese server for Fantasy Star Online 2. And so I made a Sega ID, I installed Windows 10 on my uh, Falcon Northwest Talon, and I started playing. Because it is simply not possible to play that game on Linux. For years and years, I have produced music on a Mac using Logic Pro. 
Now, I spent probably a couple months uh, dabbling with various digital audio workstations like like Bitwig and Ardor and things like that. And they just didn't click with me. I was sacrificing my creativity and I was sacrificing my time to do troubleshooting and learn something new. To a certain extent, I consider that my job, right? It's I consider it my job to try out new things and be open-minded so that I can give opinions and impressions about new Linux operating systems, distributions, apps, and software, hardware. When I think about things that I consume or that I do for my own personal satisfaction, my own enjoyment, that mentality doesn't necessarily come into play. I don't necessarily love the hardware, mind you. I don't necessarily love Mac OS, but I love that I can pick up my MacBook Pro and plug in my instruments and just start going. Because A, it's easy, and B, I'm familiar with it. I love that I can I can revisit my Fantasy Star Online obsession from the Dreamcast days with Fantasy Star Online 2 on Windows. And I love that there is a GitHub repository that's dedicated to um, English fan translations of that game from Japanese. I think that's cool. That's kind of an open source element to it. Not an excuse, just an observation. But look, I love Linux. I will advocate for Linux. I will promote Linux until my fingers bleed on the keyboard, until my lungs are killing me. And it's because of the close-knit, enthusiastic, supportive, awesome community that we have here. It's the excitement of discovering new things and challenging myself to learn new things. It's the customization. It's all the choice. I love it. But you know what? I'm going to encourage you to dual boot until you don't have to anymore. And for everyone, those requirements are different. Maybe that happens when Adobe brings the creative suite to Linux natively. Maybe that happens when every single new game runs on Linux, when stuff like Easy Anti-Cheat is a non-issue. And you can feel guaranteed that regardless of whether your favorite new game is on Steam, Origin, Blizzard, Uplay, any of those, that you can fire it up on day one and it's going to run on Linux. Maybe that's finding a digital audio workstation or professional audio editor that that works for you, that you're comfortable with, that you like. Maybe it's when you can go out and buy a brand new graphics card or brand new CPU on the week it launches and build a PC and be confident that the Linux OS you choose is going to run it flawlessly. Let me circle back to the book that I was writing and this conflict that I have. When I started writing that book, I was adamant that I was never going to touch Windows again. I was adamant that I could find a way to move my music production from Mac OS to Linux. Maybe someday I will, but that's not going to be on principle alone. And that that is really what I want to drive home. I'm not going to make the choice to use Windows as my daily driver, to use it for my work. Right now, um, I produce the podcast. I do all of my writing. I do all of my video editing, all of my production on Linux. 
And I'm thrilled with it. It's a workflow that I love and that I'm never going to replace. But macOS is going to be there for that rare occasion when inspiration strikes and I want to work on a new song or, or polish up an old song. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. And you shouldn't either. And you shouldn't make people feel guilty about that. Most of you have no idea that when I first started this channel, I was editing the videos with iMovie on macOS because I could not find a stable video editor on Linux. I I didn't want to not produce content, but then I found Lightworks, and Lightworks has been an absolute dream, and there's a native version for Linux, and so I made that transition. And I made that transition in my own time, and I feel great about it. And that is the thing. We have to let people arrive there on their own time. We have to stop judging them. We have to stop making them feel guilty about it. Because you know what? There are these elitist jerks out there who give people grief all the time and who go on this righteous crusade about, you know, Microsoft is the devil and you're you're a terrible human if you don't use just free and open source software and you know what? That does not that sets a horrible example for people who want to come in and feel welcome. When I talk about Linux, I want people to feel welcomed. I want them to feel like they're home. But that doesn't mean they can't leave the house, right? That doesn't mean that that they can't go visit something else. Yes, I'm a Linux advocate. I am here to show people all of the amazing stuff that that unravels when you go down this Linux rabbit hole. It, it's full of so many awesome experiences. It's full of so many awesome people. So be one of those awesome people. This is a difficult topic for me to discuss because I feel like I am viewed by by many people out there as this community leader, this um this I don't know, in some ways a Linux celebrity. I mean, I know that uh, I know that right now as you're watching this, the YouTube channel's not that big, but I've been writing about Linux for about a year and a half at Forbes. Sometimes when I write something there, it'll be in the Forbes top five most read articles. Millions and millions of unique people have have visited my articles there. And it put me in a weird position because For so long, I wanted to be the guy who just used Linux. And, you know, I put my money where my mouth is, right? I walked the walk. But I'm also a pragmatist, and I think you have to give people the freedom and the flexibility and the and the almost the compassion. Changing your operating system can be difficult. Changing your your play habits, your work habits, those are especially difficult for a lot of people, myself included. So what I'm going to do going forward is I'm going to say, yeah, guys, Linux is freaking amazing, but I'm not going to knock you to the ground if you don't want to use Linux at all, or if you want to stay on Windows and Linux, or if you want to use Windows and Mac OS and Linux. Or if you choose an Xbox over a PS4, like, look, enjoy your life. Technology is meant to make life easier in many, many ways. I believe Linux will do that for you. 
But the reality, folks, is that it won't do it for everyone. So let's take that spirit of welcome home and make people feel welcome. But don't lock them in a cage and don't judge them. And like I always say, take care and take care of each other. I'll see you next time.